This podcast is brought to you by Hostfully. We make property management software and digital guidebooks. To learn more and sign up for our industry newsletter, please visit Hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today I have a real superstar on the show. She's been on the show before in October 2019 when we met in person in Los Angeles. The one and only Miss Julie George, the offer of $1 million host. Julie, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you for having me again. I feel very privileged that I uh, get a return <laughs> invite to get paid yeah, to your pad. Absolutely. <laughs> You're now part of a you. very... Uh, a very select few people who have made uh, more than one appearance on the on the podcast. <laughs> Will so, it be uh, three? Can I aim for a three? Uh, you know, trifecta. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be free, if not more, because you know we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and you know, with with your experience with your business and how you uh, scaled it up to 130 units in Australia and, and you sold your business. I think there's so many topics that we could talk about that people can learn from. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited to, excited to have you back. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to invite you because, uh, you know, I'm wearing my short-term rental legend shirt, especially for you as you have uh, actually joined our legends community recently, which is, which is really, really awesome. Very exciting. I am the latest legends, the short-term rental legends, and it is um, a club that I've been aiming to join for, I guess, 18 months now since I first heard about short-term rental legends. You've set the bar pretty high, though. The legends, you know, you had to have 30 properties, $2 million income, and, you know, I'm pretty excited to say I made it. So I'm in, I'm in the club. It's very cool. Yeah, we're, no, we're super excited to, to have you on board, and uh, always good to have uh, somebody from uh, a different corner of the world to add to the Aussie team uh, within our within the legends. But yeah, for the listeners who haven't listened to your podcast back in October 2019, episode 300, could you give us a quick introduction of yourself and, and your story? Absolutely. So I'm based in Australia, as Jasper was saying, uh, on the Great Barrier Reef, Cairns, Queensland. And in 2016, I created a, a, an Airbnb property management company called Host My Home. Now, that started from a one-bedroom apartment that I listed on Airbnb simply because the tenant had moved out. I heard about this amazing phenomenon. I thought, what is all the fuss about? And popped it on Airbnb, went from $240 a week to $600 a week income and my light bulb went off. So therefore created a business opportunity for other property investors to make the same sorts of returns. In the three years that I had the business, I went from zero to 130 properties, um, over $8 million income purely on Airbnb, and then was able to sell the business. So I've had a pretty wild ride and very fortunate to, I guess, offload the business six months before COVID. Uh, so that was very good timing. But now I'm working as a consultant and promoting the book. Uh, the book does very well uh, and, um, yeah, and get to do lots of exciting interviews like this one. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So back in October 2019, you had uh, you had just sold your business, um, and you know if you want to learn more about the, that particular story, go back and listen to that episode number 300. But in this podcast, what I really wanted to focus on is you know how do you work on your business versus in your business? Now we see this is a topic that a lot of us struggle with because it's so tempting and natural, I guess, to wanting to do everything yourself because you feel like, you know, you, you're kind of hesitant to pass on the task to other people because you're not sure if they know exactly what to do. Um, you want to do everything perfectly. And I think this, this sounds very, you know, very familiar to a lot of people that are listening right now. Um, but what we see in the, not just the Legends community, but also, you know, within our Short-Term Rental Profit Academy and just across the board is that people who focus on taking themselves out of the equation from the start. So even when you have one listing is thinking about like, okay, how can I, how can I reduce the amount of time I have to put into it? And it really forces you to figure out what's the best way to do things. And then, you know, who can I either outsource it to or how can I automate it, right? And, you know, doing that really frees up time for yourself to either work on the business and scale it if you want to, but also it just makes it much more enjoyable. Even if you're running one listing, and I, you know, I speak from experience when I say that because, you know, I started with one listing and I completely automated it because I had to because I was traveling around the world. So I'd be sitting on the beach somewhere in the, in the South Pacific and, uh, you know, I might not have internet. Um, you know, I'd be, I might be sleeping when I get an Airbnb uh, request. So I, I, from the get-go, had to sort of, you know, figure out a way to to automate the business and make sure that it would run, even if I was somewhere lost, you know, in the in the in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So that's really made it a, a really pleasant experience for me as well. But you've taken that to a complete different level by at some point running 130 units and you were still traveling around and you had your processes in place, you had your, your virtual assistants, your employees, you had a, a playbook that made it easy for people to you know, perform all the tasks that needed to be performed. So that's incredibly incredibly impressive. And so that's what I want to talk about today. Focus on how can people that are listening right now, regardless if, if they have one unit or five or 10, what's the best way for them to get started? And how do you do that? How do you work on the business versus in the business? I guess you've got to take it back to basics to start with and realize what are you going into business for? Are you going into business for yourself to replace your job? And are you creating a new job for yourself? Now, if that's the case, that's fine. I don't like to work all that much. I've got to be honest and say, I actually prefer to sit on the beach and not have to be answering those contacts. And, and I guess I saw short-term rental as an opportunity for me to build a business that I could work on, not in, and create a lifestyle for myself. It was all about creating freedom. Freedom is, I guess, the biggest key to well, is my biggest success factor. And being able to have that freedom, not being locked down to a job, not having a boss. So when I started my business, it wasn't about creating a job. I mean, essentially, in the beginning, it was to replace my income. That was my first goal in business. I wanted to replace my day-to-day income so that I could resign from my position. And when that happened, that was so exciting. The second goal that I set for myself was, okay, how do I now work on the business, not in the business? Because as much as I love the business, I don't love cleaning. 
I don't love those midnight phone calls. I don't love, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I had to recognize. What were my strengths? What were my weaknesses? And my, one of my weaknesses is, for example, cleaning. Cleaning is not, is not my forte. And I remember getting to the stage, Jasper, one day I had made 17 beds in a row and it dawned on me when I fell into my armchair at nighttime after that 17 beds, man, I have got to get some help. That's where I needed to employ somebody who was better at that task than I was. Uh, so it's all about recognising your strengths, your weaknesses. What are you in business for? To create a job for yourself or to create a business that will provide freedom and success and money for you to, to live by? So, so I guess that's, that's probably the first thing. The first um, thing that's the that's the 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 cleaning and and maybe it would be a good idea to to just let's categorize the the different tasks mm-hmm. that we as hosts have to perform because if you start an Airbnb listing even if you have one there's suddenly you become the manager you become the marketing person uh, you become the the hospitality person you, you kind of have to oh. do all these different things right so you mentioned cleaning right so. You know, you obviously you can you can hire somebody to do the cleaning, but it's not just it's not just finding a person to clean, right? There's more to it for that person to actually know exactly how to clean and what how to because it's not really cleaning. It's more like how do you turn over a unit to receive a specific group of guests, right? So what 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 other processes are involved there? Well, I guess it's all about and trust as well, like being able to trust that somebody else is going to do the job as well or if not better than what you can do it. Now, that is probably one of the biggest things I see with entrepreneurs struggling with is to be able to relinquish that control, trusting others, empowering your staff or your contractors to do the job for you and to step back. I mean, to the point where, you know, like what what I wanted to create was a job, was a business that pretty much ran itself. And in the end, that last year I was in business, the third year in business, I can say, I can quite happily say that I didn't need to be there. I didn't need to run my business because I had some really capable staff that were able to do it for me. The one thing I didn't give up was the financial control. I really still wanted to make sure that the money was going to the owners, the staff were being paid, that type of thing. But apart from that, I wasn't needed. And in fact, they used to kind of laugh at me when I walked into the office saying, well, what are you going to do here? And I, you know, so it was pretty cool that I'd created this monster that had legs and was growing on its own. Now, I guess if you want me to, I'll I'll take you back to uh, where this all started. I guess after I accumulated, say, 10 properties, so it was about 10 properties that I got to, and that's when I had that meltdown of just 17 beds going, oh, I need some help. I employed a gentleman by the name of Glenn. Now, Glenn was 72 years old. Glenn had come to the end of his advertising career, but he was capable. He was a self-motivated individual who wanted to run his own business. He just needed an opportunity. Well, I had the opportunity. So when we partnered up, Glenn and I, I got him to come on board. Now, the way that I worked it was I contracted Glenn in this position The position of property host is what I called it. He was responsible for 10 properties. I asked him to take over the guest messaging. So he co-hosted, we set him up a profile. He co-hosted onto my Airbnb profile. He did all the guest messaging 
He did all the meet and greets. Now, he did it in person. That was one of our points of difference, that we met and met all of our guests in person, which was a real reassurance to our homeowners. And I guess that's where we also succeeded in getting more properties. People knew that we were eyeballing these people. We could tell if somebody was walking in with a keg of beer and a boombox, we knew what was going to happen. So we'd quickly send those people off and out of that property. Uh, So Glenn was doing that. He was then doing the cleaning. He was doing the restocking. And he was doing all the day-to-day operations of those properties, which allowed me to then go out and find more properties and get more, um, build that business, you know, to a greater level. The beauty of it is we did a profit share on any of the money coming through. So I was charging out at 25%. I was paying him 6% plus the cleaning fee that we kept from the guest. So in any one week, my new uh, contractor, Glenn, he could have been earning up to $2,000 a week with the income coming in. So it's extremely good money. He had full control of his little business and he was able to take on more properties or take on less properties depending on how he felt, if he needed a break, and I know I'm going on and on because I get really excited about this, Jasper, that this opportunity not only changed my life, but it changed some other people's lives that Glenn, who had come to the end of his corporate career, was able to suddenly build his own short-term rental business and be able to bring in some amazing money, enjoy himself, have full control. As long as he was doing well, which I could tell by the reviews, happy days. We were in a really good spot. So it was a great partnership and it was all about empowering others. Right. Yeah. What I, what I love about this is instead of hiring somebody, you kind of partnered with somebody, right? You created mini partnerships almost, or really real partnerships with, uh, with different people as a way to scale your business. Right. And I think that's a great idea because when people are invested, when there's an incentive, not only is, is that an incentive for them to, to do a good job, but also I think what's really important is that they feel it's a different feeling. You know, when you work for somebody and you're just getting paid by the hour or you're partnering with somebody, it makes you feel differently, right? Is you get a sense of responsibility, a sense of ownership. And I think that's, that's really important for the performance, but also for the enjoyment, right? It's much more fun feeling like, hey, I've got my own little business here versus like, oh, I've got a boss who just tells me what to do. Exactly right. I guess Glenn took such pride in his work. He even went the extra mile. He would actually go and pick people up at the airport. He would take them down to the local uh, liquor store. Uh, He'd flirt with all the girls. It was a kind of, it was just a great feeling and he got a real buzz out of it. I mean, he was working in advertising for many, many years. Suddenly he's running his instant hotels and he, yeah, but he was able to have that freedom and to be able to you know, really take pride in his work. So um, I imagine in order to take on a partner like Glenn, you need to train that person. You need to have documentation in place to show that person like, hey, this is, this is how we run this business. This, here's a cleaning checklist or here's how you create the Airbnb listing or how, can you tell us a little bit more about yeah you know, that sort of like the playbook that you had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we actually, um, we, this was very important to me from the day, the day I started. So it was all about documenting our processes, not only having checklists, but also having a manual, a training manual and being able to take somebody like Glenn 
even though he was very capable and he in fact was a better cleaner than I was, I still wanted to let him know my minimum standards. So we would we would go through and we would talk about, okay, how is a bed to be made? Are we going to use two sheets plus the, the blanket on top or how are we going to, like we wanted to have a standardised approach across the company. So anybody who was coming into Julie's properties was going to receive the same set of standards. That's also very important to make sure that you um, you can sort of monitor how well they're working and because they are representing you essentially in this uh, this role. So so what I would do is I would actually, I mean, Glenn was a bit of a different example because he was my very first person on, but anybody that I contracted with and went into business with after that, I would actually get them to go out with Glenn for a couple, well, for a week actually to shadow him on the job just to see what a property host does day to day, the realities of the the role, because it's not for everybody. I mean, this, you know, may seem appealing what we do, but it's bloody hard work. It's 24-7. My heart goes out to the people out there that uh, are not getting a break because that was one of the big issues that I found was uh, property hosts that didn't want to switch off and literally switch off. You know, you need to sleep, but unless you've got some ideas in place there, that's very hard. So, so I guess teaming up a new person with an existing property host, seeing what they're doing, running them through an induction. So I would actually have them for a day in the office and I would show them exactly how my business worked, what the idea of the business was, how it's viewed from a guest point of view coming in, my goals, my ambitions, the reason that I started. Uh, And I really want, I mean, 100% transparency with your team members is key you really need to be on the same page. Don't keep any secrets from them. That with training and then regular meetings. We would actually, because it is such a lonely role, we would have weekly or fortnightly meetings where we would all get together. We'd all talk about our issues or our wins or the successes that we've had, the nice guests that we've had, the reviews that we've got in. And it was a real team sort of atmosphere. So So ongoing then training to talk about, okay, well, maybe Airbnb have introduced, you know, there might be something different with their software at the moment. So we would talk about that and how to to go about making claims and getting a claim in within 24 hours or before the next guest comes in, you know, little things like that that are, are really important, but it's not just important to me, it's important for the whole team. Hi, everybody. It's Margot Schmorak. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hostfully. We are so happy to be sponsoring this podcast with Jasper in hopes that it helps you during this challenging time. Hostfully helps 17,000 property managers around the world with property management software and digital guidebooks. And even in the midst of these hard times, we're seeing our customers get creative. I thought you might like to hear a few stories from them. One of our customers who's based outside of New York City is changing their rental model and shifting to long-term stays. And despite many cancellations, she was able to get a two-month booking in one of her rentals. Another customer took advantage of this time to do some poignant email marketing, emphasizing that they thoroughly clean the rental after every guest, and also implementing a 48-hour waiting period to protect future guests from any potential harm. To hear more stories like these and prepare yourself for this very low, but hopefully very short season, please go to hostfully.com and sign up for our newsletter. We're excited to hear from you. Be well. I think the best time to really start with creating a process and documenting it, Google Docs, by the way, is a great tool to document everything that you're doing in your business because it forces you to really 
evaluate the way that you're doing things, right? So just, just to give a, an example, right? So when I started my blog and I started writing blog posts, that really forced me to think about how am I doing things and is this the best way to do it, right? So for example, I remember writing a blog post on, on photos. I wanted to write a, a, a really good post on like, hey, what's the best way to take the photos, categorize them? And, and that forced me to think like, well, why am I putting the picture first? Why did I put this picture first? And what should be the second picture or the third picture? And what should the caption be like? Right? Those are things that I previously hadn't really thought about. I just kind of put the photos, you know, I just upload them. I wrote some captions and that's it. But once you have to, once you're documenting it, especially when you're planning to show it to somebody else. So let's say you have a virtual assistant or you're, you know, you have somebody who's going to help you with, uh, with your listing just having creating that process to show that to that person really forces you to think, okay, is this the best way to do it? So I, I want to encourage like everybody who's listening right now, start documenting how you run your, your, even if you have one listing, start documenting how you do that, right? How do you send messages? How do you respond? How do you write a review? How do you respond to a review? How do you create a listing? How do you create your description? right? How do you put together your photo gallery, right? How do you manage your, your cleaners, right? What, how do they prepare your home to receive a particular group of guests? Like what, what if the guests uh, is, what if it's like a group, a family? What if it's like a couple, right? Do you do it differently? And, and, you know, little details that you mentioned is like, how do you make the bed? Right? Do you yeah. put two pillows or three pillows or how do you put yeah. them? Do you put a towel on the bed or do you, you know, wrap the towel into a swan? You know, it's, it's something that they do in Southeast Asia a lot. But it's, which I well, we we used to have, we would have competitions in our team meetings as to who could make the best animal out of their towels. So, uh, you know, and it wasn't just animals that they were able to design. So, right. so. yeah. But, but I totally get what you're saying. And in fact, Jasper, um, and you're probably the same as me. I had written down so much in the processes, the policies, the procedures. I was able to easily write a book <laughs> with all of that documentation. So, in fact, a lot of the content for my book is straight from my my work policies, my work procedures. You know, like I've put in there the inventory on what should be in a property, right down to the iron and the ironing board. Well, I've got that list in the book. So, yeah, I would implore you that take this as an advice that like Jasper was saying, if you are running a business, start documenting your processes because if you're not there, if you, and let's just say, you know, you go on a holiday or you, um, unfortunately something happens to you and you're out of action for a little while, you need your staff and your team to be able to step up. Now it's no good if it's all in here. Uh, you've got to write it down. You've got to be able to put those processes down the other thing that happens when you have a process in place and you've got a, a training manual is that if you get that knock on the door one day, someone wanting to buy your business, guess what? You're ready. You're ready to go because you've actually got a manual that you can hand over to the new owner and you're going to make life so much easier for yourself. So, so take that extra five minutes, write down or get your team involved in writing down these, these processes too, because the who, the what, the why, the how of these processes, pretty simple to document and, you know, just keep it updated on Google Drive or somewhere that can be easily accessed. 
Yeah, and today there with all the technology that we have, you know, with the Google Docs, Box, Dropbox, uh, there's there's all this technology that helps us to really easily create and share documents. But also there's task managers like we use Asana, for example, which is really really it just saves so much time to just like in, instead of having to create your own to do list every day, it's it's right there. There's there's you know there's tasks that show up every week or every day depending on you know depending on what you're doing exactly but there's so many there's so many tools out there now to to really like streamline all of this and you know there's so many benefits to doing to doing that work that initial work of, of creating that process and documenting what you're doing exactly and how you're doing things i've always had a little bit of resistance part of me always thinks okay well this is just going to cost me extra time to create it and i just want to get it done so i just want to do it quickly but now, like, you know, I stop myself and I say, like, no, I'm, I'm putting in 10 minutes now, but that's mm-hmm. going to save me 30 minutes, you know, down the, down the line. It's, it's, it's like yeah. saving money, right? I'm, I'm saving a little bit of money now every, every week so that in the future I can take advantage of that, right? So it's like it's an investment really in yourself but, uh, and in your business, but also – like you said, it just has so many other benefits as well. Let's say you want to bring on an employee or you want to bring on a partner. Or like you said, like maybe, maybe uh, you, you sell your business in the future at some point. Um, and one thing that I really love about your uh, mentality and something that you've been kind of hammering on in the, in the short-term rental legends community is have an end in mind, right? Mm-hmm. Before you even start, renting out your first little tiny little room because I mean most of the people in our communities that's how they started you know they they didn't start with the vision of like hey I'm going to create like you know 100 units and create this business and sell it like when you when you did your first Airbnb listing I'm sure that probably wasn't the the vision initially so I think it's such a good point that you made was even when you're starting out, it's good to think about it, right? It's good to think about like, hey, is this something that I want to do for the next five or 10 years? Is this, do I want to expand this? Do I just want to keep it at one room, one listing or whatever that may be? Even though, of course, our circumstances changes, the life changes, you, you never know, you can't predict the future, but at least it's really good a really good habit to think about it, right? To have some, some sort of game plan for, for the future. Yeah. And, you know, the, I mean, we've all been rocked by COVID this year, unfortunately, but but I still believe that the industry is super, super strong. And probably more than ever in the future, we're going to find that travellers are going to be wanting to stay at short-term rentals as opposed to a hotel room. So they've got their own kitchen. So they've got their own bathrooms that they can have control over. So in saying that, I just see that there's going to be more opportunities to grow these businesses to sell these businesses. So yeah, look, you might only have one or two properties at the moment, but it still may mean that you're going to get a phone call one day or a tap on the shoulder and say, would you be interested in, in selling the management rights of those properties? Uh, you know, And because there are big companies all around the world right now looking to take up as much stock as they possibly can. And, uh, you know, and I was actually, you know, in the early part of this year, I was actually helping one of those companies identify smaller short-term rental operators and to acquire those businesses. So I can tell you for sure that there are a lot, especially the investor-backed businesses, uh, there's a lot of companies that are investor-backed and they're looking to have as many properties as possible. So just be prepared that, 
and think about that exit plan because I'm sure that it may be fantastic at the moment, but you've got to really think about do you want to be doing this forever? And like we were saying before, you know, it's uh, it's pretty full on. It's 24-7, the business. I can tell you I haven't regretted it since I have sold my business and I'm now helping other people grow their business. But, uh, you know, it's... Um, yeah, it, it's a great opportunity. You're building a saleable asset while you're earning this cash flow positive business. So, uh, so folks, get your processes, start working on your business, not in your business, and it's just going to pay off in the end. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about uh, about Legends. So you, you, you've been following it from pretty much when we started it, um, yeah. which is just a year ago in Puerto Rico was our first live event. Obviously, we can't do live events now. So we've taken it virtual. You know, we're doing meetings every every single week, um, which, which has been so much fun just to jump on Zoom and have a group of uh, about 30 uh, entrepreneurs from all over the world talk about different topics and stuff. But what, what's, what's your experience been like? Look, I guess um, I was a bit hesitant. You know, I was excited to join the club, but I was a little bit hesitant because the meetings are at 1 a.m. my time in Australia. So I'm up at 1 a.m. I'm trying to hold my eyes open. I'm trying to be articulate and answer questions if they're coming my way. But do you know what? I've just been absolutely blown away with the inspiring stories that the members have in this business and in the club. I guess what I also was really surprised by, pleasantly surprised, was that these successful entrepreneurs, all earning over $2 million a year in this industry, are so humble and so willing to share their secrets and, and vulnerable. They're actually able to say, hey, guys, I need help with recruiting staff. Does anybody have any ideas? You know, so they're, they're actually, there's some amazing down-to-earth conversations going on. And I guess at that level, when you're earning $2 million plus, people will look at you like, well, you must have all the answers. You must already know it all. I can tell you that that's not the case, but there's not a lot of mentorship out there. There's not, you know, the forums that are on Facebook are still, I, I look at them sometimes and I just shake my head thinking, you know, there's a lot of whinging, there's a lot of bitching, there's a lot of uh, negativity, or they're still talking about, you know, um, the best way to, uh, you know, should we be putting milk in the fridge, you know, stuff like that. We need to ask those higher end questions and to be able to be inspired to, to keep growing our business, even in these crazy COVID times. Legends absolutely 100% has inspired me with the stories the contacts that I'm making, the deals and the opportunities that are coming through. I mean, we're talking about buying hotels. You know, there's people talking about buying hotels together, going into partnerships together. It's just a, it's a great community. And I, found, I feel like I found my people. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Found your tribe. <laughs> yeah, my tribe. <laughs> I'm just going to get a shirt like yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll send, we're going to definitely send you one. Yeah, and I mean, I, I appreciate you mentioned uh, sort of the culture of of sharing, and that's something that you know when me and Eric started this SCR Legends, we we thought to ourselves like, what kind of culture do we want to create? Because mm -hmm. you know that we've been reading a lot of entrepreneur books and stuff like that, and that's something that that always comes back is like when you when you start any type of business, you want to really think about you know what's the culture. Um, we were just reading this book by Seth Godin. Uh, this is marketing which is an excellent book. He just thinks on a different level when it, when it comes to marketing. And what he really hammers down is 
and, and this applies to your Airbnb listing too, is culture is more important than strategy so much that culture is strategy. And that really stuck with me because, because essentially, you know, you have marketing strategies, right? And tactics, right? It's like, oh, you know, you put this picture in your Airbnb listing or you write this line in your description or you post this on social media. You, you know, that's, that's like sort of more the tactical part. Uh, but then to think like, what's the culture that I want to create, create, you know, what are my values, right? And, and, and I interviewed um, somebody who's a social impact expert and she mentioned that 86% of people uh, buy from businesses that they feel like have their same values, they share values, right? So I think that's something just on a different level to think about is even in, for your Airbnb listing, like what, what are the values that you're trying to communicate? What's the culture that you align yourself with? And when you make that very, uh, very clear, then what happens is that people are going to read that and people are going to feel that and you're going to think, hey, that's, that's for me. Just like you mentioned, it's like you looked at legends and you're like, hey, that's where I belong right? Those are, those are people like me, right? And it's just extremely powerful when you're able to really define the culture. And then, you know, you will just attract the, the people that align with that, whether, whether that's, that's for any business, right? Whether that's your, your Airbnb listing or your, uh, your short-term rental business or any, any other business that you have. So that's something that we, we really thought about for a long time is like, what do we want to represent? And the biggest thing was what you mentioned is like, let's just be, let's be humble and let's not pretend that we know everything and let's create an environment where people can share openly, where there's no judgment, where we are there to support each other, help each other grow. And where we're not trying to raise our own boats, but we're trying to raise the tide that lifts all the boats. Right. So that's extremely important to us. And uh, I'm really happy that you, that's something that you mentioned. Yeah. I always live by the saying that there's no point in being the smartest person in the room. If you can't learn from others, what are you doing there? And the other, the other thing that I really like is to surround people that are going to enhance your life. And that's in, in private and in business. But I can certainly you recommend that if anybody is tuning into this podcast that may meet those requirements, the 30 plus properties, $2 million a year income, if you're looking for some mateship, if you're looking for some, um, you know, if you're willing to share, if you're looking for a community of like-minded people, please come and apply because the more the merrier. And one day we will have live events again because I'm determined to, you know, have another beer with you, Jasper. But, you know, Legends has been fantastic. Well, this week I'm, I'm uh, yeah, totally pumped to get up again at 1am in the morning to talk to the group. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, we really appreciate you uh, just getting up in the middle of the night uh, or staying up late to be in these calls. That's, uh, that's incredible uh, dedication. Awesome, Julie. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your, your knowledge again on this podcast. I'm sure we're going to have you back at some point. And for the people that are listening, like, you can also watch these podcasts on YouTube, right? So you go to the Get Paid for Your Pet YouTube channel. And so you can actually see, you can see Julie, you can see me chatting to each other. And, um, and Julie, before I, I let you go, you want to let people know how they can find your book, uh, The Million Dollar Host. Yeah, sure. So uh, Million Dollar Host is available on Amazon, any of the leading bookstores. You'll find it uh, always positioned above Get Paid for Your Pad. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check Jasper that. And I have, uh, 
some friendly competition going, but I've got to admit that he actually does have more reviews than I do. So he's probably making more money than I am, but jump on Amazon, jump on any of your leading bookstores uh, or milliondollarhost.com.au. And I would love for you to, to purchase the book uh, and let me know what you think. And, and please get in touch. Um, if anyone's out there that wants to get in touch with me, jump on Facebook, look me up on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram. I still haven't figured out how to work Instagram, so but I'm there and uh, I would love to connect with you. Sweet. That's awesome. Thank you, Julie. And to the listeners, thank you for listening or watching. And of course, uh, next week there'll be another episode. So I'll see you then. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the STR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.